Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group with a roundtable with, with the state of Indiana partner DAV, Disabled American Veterans. August is National Wellness Month. Today is Saturday, August 27th, 2022. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our partner on the line, a great guy, Bob Carnegie. He's a U.S. Army Vietnam veteran and the state commander of the Disabled American Veterans. And we're going to talk about educating veterans about the advantages and disadvantages and the steps needed to file your burn pit benefits through the DAV, which is a serious topic we've been talking about on the show for a while. Bob Carnegie, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. I haven't talked to you in a long time. It's been, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute or two, yes. <laughs> so tell us, what do we need to know about burn pits? Um, we, we've talked about on previous shows how serious burn pits were. So people that aren't familiar with our show haven't seen the, the talk about burn pits. Burn pits was ba- were basically large garbage cans, large makeshift incendiary devices. A pit, it could be as big as a football field, could be as big as three or four football fields or as small as a backyard, where you dumped basically anything and everything into this pit and burned it to get rid of it. And then you just fill the pit over after everything burned off as much as it possibly could, releasing tons of toxic chemicals. Things burn like batteries. Things burn like kerosene. Uh, things burn like ammunition, uh, jet fuel, um, any kind of ordnance you could think of. Like anything we needed to get rid of was burned in these big per- burn pits. And that has led to a lot of health issues for people. So what do people need to do when they're contacting the DAV in order to get help and file a claim? Okay, well, I think you've described uh, uh, the content of burn pits very well. I, but they've been used for years and years and years. Uh, and what uh, we have found is that the residual from those fires that have been created create a lot of causticity that we breathe in, whether you're nearby or in the general vicinity or, you know, can be quite a ways away. Mm-hmm. And... uh as those the 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 intake from that begins to eat at the inside of us, primarily uh, the lungs and other things as we're doing our breathing. And so, how do you then follow up now that the government has agreed that those areas that have been used for years and years and years now have potentially led to illnesses and diseases that our veterans have after their service time. So uh, one of the ways that you can solve this or work with this is by talking to the disabled American veterans. The disabled American veterans has chapters all over the United States. They have 1.3 million members across the country. Now I'm in in Indiana, uh, in northwest Indiana, really 45 minutes from downtown Chicago. In Indiana, we have 26 chapters. Those chapters are like any veteran service office, uh, any any veteran service organization uh, that you can find in in any community. We have monthly meetings 
And when you attend those meetings, there's somebody in that room that's special. That person is called a service officer. That person is employed by the DAV, and their job is to talk to veterans and find out what has happened to them during their service time. And, of course, one of the part of that conversation might be, were you exposed to burn pits and breathing in those toxic chemicals in the air from being in a particular unit that had a burn pit? Now, what happens then? After that conversation takes place, the veteran gets to decide if they would like to have the DAV service rep that they're talking to represent them as they file a claim for this potential uh, illnesses that they have gotten from being exposed to burn pits. And that claim gets processed in a couple different ways. First off, there's a document that gets created and the service officer will help. Part of that documentation that's, that's filled out is you give that service officer the right to represent you to the VA. It takes probably a couple visits with that person to get all the paperwork correct and in order. And then that paperwork is sent to the VA. And that's the, the starting point. And that means that a claim has been complete and is filed with the VA and in the eyes of that service officer who has done many, many, many claims, it is complete as he knows the VA wants to see it. In other words, the right forms are filled, the right information was put in there. They're not making a, an adjudication on that claim. They're not saying, yes, it's accepted or not but they're saying it is filed in a manner that is acceptable to the VA for processing. Mm. Then that documentation gets filed with the VA, and that is the key right there. That file could get started by myself going to a VA website, gathering all the information that I just filled out with that service officer at the VA uh, meeting, and try to figure it all out and what I need to do to fill it in. It's an arduous process. Uh, some of the questions, I won't say they're tricky, you know, but it's not stuff that I fill out on an everyday basis, so I may not understand the right way to phrase some things. The service officer does know that because that's their job. Okay. And consequently, um, the confidence level of the claim being filed accurately the first time because of content and the way it was filled out goes up because you've got an experienced person helping. If you're doing it yourself, you know, maybe it's the first time you've ever done anything like that. Odds are you may make a couple mistakes. If you do, it's going to come back to you for corrections. And it may come back once or twice or three times. By having somebody who is experienced helping you fill this out goes a long way in getting the process shortened. Because remember when I said the claim gets to the VA, it's in a stack of other claims. Mm. Doesn't matter how it came in. Doesn't matter that it came in from the DAV, somebody helping you. It doesn't matter if you had a lawyer. Doesn't matter if you did it yourself. It all gets into a homogeneous stack. So that when you get in that stack, you're like everybody else in there, no matter who helped you file it. 
And that's very, very important. Because as I've listened to the radio and seen on TV, there are a lot of law firms that now want to help us to Mm -hmm. do that. And as a layman who's never done anything like this before, I look at maybe the paperwork as I pull it down online from the VA and go, man, I don't know this. I don't know how to do this. I'm intimidated by it a little bit. And so I'm going to need some help. Well, they don't know where to go get that help. And so they go to a lawyer. That's not bad advice, but the lawyer is working to make money. And they're going to help you just like the guy from the v- the DAV helps you. But, and you think they're going to be more qualified to give you the assistance you require because they're a lawyer. But they may not have ever filed a claim with the VA for um, military compensation. Mm. Where the guy who's working for the VA, that's his job. He's been doing it for years in certain mm. situations. So the key so they is making under- sure that you have an attorney that, if you do get an attorney, that they have that experience working with the, the DAV. But do you guys work with attorneys no, in no, some no, cases? No, 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 no. We don't work with attorneys. Okay. That attorney is working for you and taking your claim to the VA. Mm. And here's the problem. The minute you sign a release to them to represent you, you've just said, oh, what was your fee? policy oh you wanted 30 or 40 percent of my first claim and if you read the document you sign with the lawyer that's exactly what you've signed up for and what that means when you because this takes time over multiple months the va tracks when they accepted your claim and once it's all done maybe six seven eight months from now and they determine that your claim has a value, a monetary value on a monthly basis. Then they look at how long they've had that claim from when they accepted it. Could have been a lot of paperwork before, but once they accepted it, it's time stamped. I'll give you my example. My claim was accepted in January. It was finally approved nine months later. But um, when it was accepted in January for a value of so much a month, they went back and paid me for December from January to I think it was this uh, November, so nine months, ten months, and so whatever the my monthly stipend was that I'm getting from the VA for the illnesses I had, times the number of months it worked through the system, is your first payment. After that, you get that monthly stipend, but the first time you get the backlog of the number of months it processed. Mm. Well, that in my situation it was about ten thousand dollars. If I had gone to a lawyer for that, he would have gotten 3000 to $4,000 of that wow. for just handling the paperwork and helping me file the claim, doing the same thing the veteran service officer for the DAV did it for nothing. So let me ask you this. So this, does hiring, is it, is hiring an attorney really advantageous then? Because we just talked to an attorney earlier today. And, they, and he works with a lot of veterans and does a lot of cases. But is it is a veteran service organization like the DAV in a, or in a, a qualified attorney, is there any advantage to an attorney? Okay. So the first thing you just said was qualified attorney. Now, if just because a person has a, a law degree and they are a qualified attorney, what type of cases have they been handling? Now, if you find an attorney who's been handling a lot of VA claims, 
then I would say he was qualified in handling VA claims. Okay. No doubt. I wouldn't argue that point at all. But is but it going to get you any different result if you if you go with it? It is not. Generally speaking, and I'm going to have to talk in general, mm-hmm. because I'm sure you could have a case that was different, you know, and something special, something unique that I'm not going to be able to cover in my response. But for the most part, it's not going to be any different. Mm. And the reason for that is this, that veteran service officer may not have a law degree, but he may be he may have been helping veterans file claims for the last 20 years. And the lawyer may have been helping people file claims for the last two years. Mm. Or maybe this is the first time he did it. Because the guy working for the DAV, that's his job. That's all he does. He doesn't do anything else. He doesn't take a, a, a divorce case. He doesn't take, I want to evict my neighbor from my property next door. That's not what we do. We do one thing. We help veterans file claims. That's it, to get VA benefits. That is their sole existence. They're trained annually for hours upon hours upon hours. Sometimes it's on nuance and new nuances, particularly the stuff with burn pits, uh, this PAC case, this PAC law that was just solved for the uh, Camp, uh, Camp Lejeune guys and things like that. They have unique training before those things are ever released. And you see the newspaper article saying, oh, this law was passed or this this nuance was passed. They are way ahead of the power curve because they've been trained. And consequently, and and I'm not talking down attorneys. Please don't feel that I am because I'm really, really not. But I have a good friend who is a lawyer. He's now a judge. He is had time in in the Marines. I think he had five or six years in the Marines. So once he got his law degree, he says, you know, I want to help veterans. He, he started to do what we're just talking about. Mm. What he found, he didn't put an ad in the paper to tell veterans to come and see him. It was kind of like by word of mouth. So he did not get very many people just happened into his office to ask for help in filing a claim. So he didn't get a lot of action from that. And consequently, his skills weren't honed and improved over and over and over again because he was doing that along with other things. Mm. He was kind of like, you know, a general practitioner. So um, the guy who was going to uh, focus on filing claims, the lawyer that's going to do that, it may take him quite a while to build up a whole level of expertise where the guy who is the veteran service officer for the DAV, I know one guy who probably does... 400 of them a month. Wow. All with different concentrations. You know, may not all be burn pits. You know, it can be different things. But that's the kind of activity that happens. If you want to take a look at how many veterans are in the United States today that have claims that have been approved, not claims pending or waiting, there are 12 million veterans in the United States today that are receiving compensation from the VA. Mm. And so there's a lot of people that have helped those guys get those claims. There's a few that have done it on their own. I've talked to a guy who did it. I said, how'd you do it? He said, well, I got to bounce back a couple times, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> he made some mistakes and didn't have any experience, which is natural. And so uh, that's why the, the people that are working for the DA as a service officer are so precious 
to help our veterans because they do it because they're working for an organization that covers the pay the, the income for that individual. That's all that person does is file claims. And again, once they get to the VA to be evaluated, they get in a stack. But that stack doesn't say, oh, this stack is for lawyers, this stack is for, for guys who did it themselves, this stack is for guys who have gone through the VA. No, through the DAV. All of them are in one pile. Mm. So you don't get a jump ahead by going to a lawyer. You don't get a jump ahead by even going to one of the the the, the, the DAV service officers or other service officers that work for other service organizations. So, you know, I can't tell everybody in the world, just go line up at the local DAV office and go to their meetings and meet the, meet the service officer and have them help you. I would like to. I know that's a tough thing to do, but in my opinion, and this is my personal opinion and my experience, that's the best way to do it because even though those, those guys may not be a lawyer, they are equally qualified, if not more qualified, in handling claims for mm-hmm. the VA. Now, does, does, the, does the VA, um, have you seen the VA offer settlements that's outside of the normal um the VA benefit process because there's already there's already a codified VA process where you get a percentage if you're considered disabled, whether you qualify for certain types of treatments from the VA, things like that. But have you ever seen, uh, um, like, say, a person who had something horrible happen to him in the military, and the, and the military or the VA basically gave them a settlement that's different from the, the traditional benefits that you get from being a disabled veteran? Yes, I have heard of that. But here's what the thing that you have to understand. And, and I'm not an expert on this, so I mean, somebody could call in in two minutes and say he's he's that's not accurate. But for all practical purposes, pick pick an injury. Let's just say a guy had a broken leg in basic training. Okay. Okay. Let's just use that as an example. So the once he got out, you know, he had problems and just that and the other thing. And so the VA said, okay, you do get a com- a, a, a service connected disability because of that, and you know, your knee was damaged or whatever that might be. So that's going to be so much a month we're going to pay you. Or in your question, will they give him a lump sum? That is a possibility. But let's just say that lump sum equals $15,000. If he got a, a monthly stipend from them spread out, guaranteed, it's not going to be more, neither way is it going to be more than $15,000. The lump sum, though, he got it up front. If he took it out, if he got it in benefits, monthly benefits, might be spread out over 20 years. Eventually, that will get to be more than what that lump sum was. You're never going to get more uh-huh. than you would get. Uh, in other words, they say it's worth X. They're not going to give you more for taking it in a lump sum. And I don't know what triggers the lump sum payment. I truly, truly do not know. Um, but a service officer could help you, I'm sure. A lawyer that has experience. A lawyer who doesn't have much experience probably can't. I can tell you that the, almost all the people that I know that have a service-connected disability get paid on a monthly basis. Mm. So really, that the military cap. does not like to pay out money when it comes down when they get the, the bottom line. And that lump sum up front? No, mm-hmm. no. And and I I know guys who have not been uh, uh, their their claim hasn't been adjudicated by the VA 
in a timely manner, or they challenge, and it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for years. Finally, it gets settled, and it's a huge lump sum. Hmm. It, that doesn't happen often. I don't want people to listen to this and say, hey, Bob just said I'm going to be, you know, on 200000 air or whatever. You know, that's not what I'm saying to you, but there are those kinds of situations that do happen. They They then will pay a lump sum out, because all of that back pay that was accumulated from the time they started this process could be years. Could be four, five years, six, seven years. And so that's where there's those lump sums come out. Wow. Because of the time that it took to get this resolved correctly. Hmm. Because the first time they came back and said, no, we're not going to pay that. And, and somebody helped you, whether it was a lawyer, whether it was a veteran service officer from the DAV. They said, no, let's go back. Let's challenge this. We go back and forth. We go back and forth. And it takes years because every time it gets in another stack, you know. Bob, we've got to cut you off. That was great information. That was, Bob. But that was, we have to continue this conversation, Bob. I love to have you back on the show. I love you, Bob. Bob Carnegie, U.S. Army veteran, state commander of the Disabled American Veterans. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.